Welcome back to the Asian Conservative Lawyer. I'm your host, Jamil Gabriel. So, yeah, I know it's been two weeks, okay? It's been two weeks since I've logged on. And no, I don't really have any excuse, but, I mean, there wasn't really much going on. I mean, how much can I say about, oh, Democrats are going to schools and they're getting, you know, BTFO'd by uh, parents telling kids about, you know, not teaching about sex ed, Ron DeSantis, um, taxes Disney or removes the tax exempt status from Disney. So Disney caves, um, that's about, you know, the full extent of it. And, you know, oh yeah, Elon Musk buys, uh, part of Twitter and he's in talks giving a final notice saying that he's going to buy it out. So I kind of accumulated all that information over a while and then just put it all together into this episode. So listen up. So let's go talk about the first thing that I think is the most interesting, and that's Elon Musk buying Twitter. It's official. He bought Twitter. He bought it for, I believe, $44 billion. Um, I mean, this dude is a freaking genius, okay? Because prior to these events, I even didn't think that this hostile takeover was going to take was gonna take off. I, I honestly didn't think that Twitter was going to do that. The board members were going to even cave because the board members... Like, I think three out of 10 of them are like Saudi Arabia princes. I mean, like, seriously, look at their like names or their pseudonyms. They're like from Saudi Arabia. So they have like a wealth of oil and all of a sudden they have like Twitter and stuff. I think like four of the board members are from China. I mean, it goes on and on. So they have money. So it wasn't in it for the money. That That's, that's a guarantee. They were in it to censor conservatives. Let's be completely honest. They were in it to censor people that talked bad about China or Saudi Arabia. They were in it that talked bad about, you know, the communist regime because that's how China is winning the second Cold War. They're not, they knew that they can't fight like what the Soviets did and, you know, just outarm the United States because that's how we won the Cold War was Ronald Reagan came out and he's like, well, we're going to outspend you because we know, or I know, that your economic system is a flawed system. So what did he kept doing? He just outspent them. And so Russia tried, or the Soviets tried keeping up, and then eventually went bankrupt, and they had to fall to capitalism. And I think China knows that, okay? China's not that stupid. So, I mean, they're winning the culture war. I mean, there's so many things, like, you know, South Park's been banned from in China because they talked about the president, um, Xi Jinping. I mean, there's just so many instances where China is like controlling our um, our entertainment. I mean, like Disney, like fired. I forgot who was it. They fired someone because he spoke out against China. And um, what's it? Nike, you know, spoke out or Colin Kaepernick or no, LeBron James. Sorry, LeBron James was like, oh, China's the best country ever because, you know, Someone called him out and was like, yeah, that's because you're making millions of dollars and China threatened to pull your, you know, funding. So that's how China's winning the economic, you know, winning the Cold War the second time. They know they can't outarm us. So what they're doing is they're just outspending us. So Elon Musk decides to buy Twitter and it's official. He bought it. Okay. Now I'm going to explain how it happened because like I said, I did not believe that this was even possible because... The board members are already billionaires, millionaires. I mean, it wasn't in it for them. So, and I kind of talked about this with one of my friends. I said, well, he has the cards in his hand and the ball is in Elon's court, 
but they could still say no as a big, you know, F you to Elon. Now, the thing with the United States and, you know, investments is the board members aren't really subject to what they want to do. It's what's best for the company. Okay. So, you know, if they own like collectively, say 20%, all the board members collectively own 20% and the uh, Twitter went public or now it's private, um, Twitter was in public hands and everyone else out there owned 80%. Okay. Elon Musk owned 10%, you know, Joe Schmo owned like 1%, yada, 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 all that fun stuff. Okay. And they owned it. Well, even if the board members wanted to, which they did because they tried to poison pill Elon, they were like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, dox you. We're going to do this. Twitter people were screaming, you know, the blue check marks were like, if if I, if you buy Twitter, then I'm going to move to Canada. Like, you know, they said in 2016 and all this other stuff. I mean, they made fun of him. They did this. I mean, they tried. They really tried. Okay. But the board members are fiscally responsible to the uh, shareholders. So they are their technical boss. So what what it was a threat was, was the idea that those shareholders would have a valid reason to sue um, the board members for money lost. So that's how come they had to cave. There was... No possible way they could not cave because if they didn't and Elon, because Elon was offering them, I think like $50 a share, which is like 30% more than their market cap. I mean, he was offering them a good, a generous amount. All right. That's like buying a car nowadays and MSRP is $10,000 and you decide to buy it for 13,000 out the door, you know, all fees and stuff is done. 13,000. Okay. So he gave like 30% more and offered them 30% more than what they're actually worth, what the company's actually worth. So, I mean, it would be incredibly stupid to not take that. Okay. I mean, you're not going to get a better deal. You're, you're just not. And I know those board members were fuming at that. They're like, well, you know, we're not going to take it because, because one, their quarter mark was coming out soon. It was it's going to be out this Thursday on how much money they made this quarter. So I think that's why Elon offered them that quickly was because if it was to show, you know, that money went down, that their stock was worth less, the shareholders would have been like sell it to Elon at a cheaper price. Don't he's offering $50 a share instead of, you know, 30% more than what the actual shares are worth. Yeah, dude, sell it, sell it. And then Elon's going to be like, well, I see that your earnings were this much. So uh, actually the deals changed. We're going to drop it a couple dollars a share. So the shareholders would get furious. I mean, they just lost out. So Elon had the ball in his court, right? He was like, hey, I'll give you $50 a share. Sell it to me now, okay? And the board members, you know, are just like, if we don't sell it to this guy for 30% more, then... We're going to uh, we're going to get sued to oblivion. I mean, if let's say I don't even know how many people invested into Twitter, a million people. Okay, now let's say five hundred thousand of those people 
decided to file a lawsuit, okay? Just half. Half of those people decided to file a lawsuit. And we'll even go further down, okay? Let's do 1%. 1% of those people decided to file a lawsuit. That's 10,000 people decided to file a lawsuit against the Twitter board members for losing their money, okay? How much money do you think it's going to cost in attorney fees and all that other stuff to go after or for them to defend themselves, okay? How much work? You're going to have to have so many things, so many attorneys to fight against 10,000 people or not then, yeah. So 10%, I said 10%, 10,000 people, okay? Now, Maybe I'm being conservative. I don't know how many people invested in Twitter. It could be like 100 people, okay? could be just 100 people, but I don't know, you know? But I'm just saying, if a million people and only 10% of those decided, hey, well, we're going to sue those board members, okay? That's 10,000 lawsuits that are coming down the pipeline. You will go broke in attorney fees, okay? You will go broke settling. Insurance will not pay out that settlement. (laughs) I can guarantee you they'll be like, okay, yeah, no, hell no. We're going to go broke, okay? Progressive or whatever, MetLife, whatever uh, insurance companies, they're going to go, yeah, no, no, absolutely freaking not. I am not going to settle on that. So they had to. They they absolutely had to. And it's just, it's so funny because I guarantee you, they are fuming. They are fuming right now that they had to accept this. But they are officially... fiscally responsible to um, to their shareholders. And Elon jumped on that, okay? He's a mad genius because I'm going to give you guys a l- little you know, tip. Hostile takeovers almost never happen. I mean, it's very rare that hostile takeovers are actually successful. I mean, yes, you could count, um, what was it? Actually, yeah, you could count Facebook with Instagram and uh, the other freaking place. I mean, there was just a lot, but 99% of the time, hostile takeovers never work, and Elon is just a mad genius, okay? It it honestly reminds me of that scene from Batman Begins when, um, I'm pretty sure you guys know about it, but he goes to the restaurant, and these he goes on with a bunch of dates, and these two girls are like, you know, coked out of their mind or whatever, and they just go and bathe in the fountain, and... Um, I think the manager comes to Bruce Wayne and he says, sir, I I can't have you, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. That's a, you know, decorative piece. And uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, p- takes out his checkbook and he's like, sir, it's not about money. And he's like, well, here's the thing. I'm buying, you know, this restaurant and um, I'm going to make a few changes to that uh, pool area. So. That's what it reminds me of. I I picture Elon Musk like Bruce Wayne, and he walked into Twitter and was like, and when they were like, oh, we're going to censor Dr. Oz, we're going to censor this, we're going to censor Donald Trump, all this other stuff. And Elon's like, you know what? um, Here's a check for $45 billion, and uh, I'm going to change the rules about this uh, freedom of speech thing, okay? And that's what I picture, you know, obviously it was more complicated than that. And yes, some people are going to comment and say, well, it hasn't been completely finalized. They accepted the deal. Yes, I know they have to go through businesses and, you know, all that fluff paperwork and all that other stuff, you know, 
It's going to take a while. It's going to take a couple months before it completely finalizes. Okay? You just don't go in there and buy things like that, especially like big businesses. So, yes. But the board members caved and they accepted the offer. So, that's, you know, that's the big news today. And I can't be any happier. I might just build a Twitter account. I have never had a Twitter account because I always thought Twitter was stupid. But to support Elon and, you know, get those advertisement money rolling in and, you know, all that other stuff, I might just join. I might just go back on Twitter. I'm not might just go back because I never had Twitter. But I might have to go on Twitter. Okay. I like Elon. I'm going to support his company now. (laughs) And um, maybe everyone should too. Okay. And you could start seeing me when I, you know, create a YouTube account and all that other stuff. And I know I've been asking to make a YouTube account for a while. But like I said, I got kicked off because I said some conservative ideas, yada, yada, yada. I got kicked off for like two weeks. And then I said, you know, my stubbornness was like, I'm not going back to that platform. No, F that. And I'm slowly getting re-climatized into, you know, the YouTube sphere of influence and being an influencer. So that's with Elon. Now we're going to talk about these kids, okay? These kids. And this is a little close to my home because, you know, close to my wheelhouse because I deal with kids on a daily basis, okay? Yes, I am a lawyer, but I did get a job to help out my, you know, community and became a school teacher. And I absolutely fell in love with these kids, okay? I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to like it, but, you know, these kids make it all while. And, um, you know, it, it's crazy that parents have to like tell teachers like not to talk about sex to a bunch of eight year olds, seven year old kids. Okay. Seven year old kids and eight year old kids. Yes. They are curious. They are very curious. They will ask you a bunch of questions. Okay. And you know, me, I'm always just like, I could answer it, but you know, maybe that's something you should talk to your parents. Okay. Ask your parents like that. Okay. And they're just like, okay, and then they go home, and then, you know, that's it, and the parents can explain it. I mean, this is just kind of a parent-to-child relationship talk, okay? I I mean, when I was growing up, sex ed was talked to me in fifth grade, and we used gay as an insult, okay? And unfortunately, I still got that knack where I sometimes do use it as an insult. It's not really what I mean as an insult to you, but... That's just kind of how I grew up, and I'm not making any excuses for it, but, you know, sometimes it's a Freudian slip, all right? Let's call it a Joe Biden slip. So, I mean, I was watching this, and they were just, you know, going on and on about this sex ed talk to kids. It's like, they don't really care. Those kids don't care, okay? You know what they do care for? Stickers and recess and bouncy balls. I'm not even kidding. They will, like, fight tooth and nail for a bouncy ball. Okay, because I stock bouncy balls in my backpack when I go there or it was in my saddlebags on my motorcycle and I would just give them out to, you know, kids and they were just like, they would be so excited. And my only stipulation was don't throw it at windows and don't bounce it inside the school. And they do that. They, they say, okay, because they know I'll take it away. But they don't care about sex ed. Okay, they don't care about gay and stuff. And if you teach them it, they're just going to make fun of other kids with it. Okay, that's what they're going to do. I mean, that's what I did when I found out about gay and stuff. I would, you know, tease other kids and I'd be like, dude, you're totally gay. 
like that as an insult. I mean, like I said, this was a long time ago. Sometimes I have those Freudian slips. I actually don't really mean it. Okay, I mean it as a term of you're an idiot. Okay, not like you're a homosexual. Okay, unless I'm legitimately talking that you are a homosexual, then I will say that you are gay. And then usually gay people are like, <laughs> I'm totally gay, you know, or I have suspicion. I mean, there's there's a lot of friends that I have that are, I mean, they say they're straight, but I mean, they're as straight as a circle. <laughs> it's like, it's like that. Okay, they're as straight as an octagon. There might be a little bit of straight edges, you know, but it immediately cuts corners. So, but... It is just ridiculous to see parents like fighting for their kids to tell to say, don't, you know, talk about sex with my kid and don't talk about bisexual, lesbian and all that other stuff. Okay, and that's totally understandable. I think parents should, you know, should be in control of that. Uh, Me, I learned it in school because I don't think, you know, my parents were very like keen on, you know, talking about that stuff. In fact, I never heard them you know, talk about that, but other parents like to, you know, talk about it to their kids. Okay. And that's perfectly fine. Okay. They're kind of, they're doing the best. Most parents are doing the best that they can do. Okay. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Jamil Gabriel and I'm signing off.